This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. So you know what they say about plans. Uh, God is what happens when we all make plans. And our guest today is a true example of the best and the worst happening at on his appointed time and how things turn out. Uh, hashtag for today's show is going to be hashtag hustle because the more you hustle, the luckier you get. So says James Oliver Jr., an Atlanta resident, Morehouse graduate. He has written this book. He says that you can be a successful parentpreneur. So now you're going like, what? What is a parentpreneur? Well, James Oliver is here and he's going to tell us all about that. James, welcome to the show. So glad to have you come in. It's a pleasure to be with you. So I take it you are a parent and an entrepreneur. I'm not going to play it so silly for all Yes, of I am. <laughs> and you've got this this great business. You are a tech person and your your business is called We Montage. Tell us about that. Correct. So WeMontage.com is the world's only website that lets you take your digital images and turn and turn them into a large collage on a real removable, repositionable wall covering. So it's it's removable wallpaper, but it's, it's highly personalized. Exactly. And I mean you could whatever digital images you want to use, you can use pictures of your kids' artwork, you can use pictures of from your favorite artist. Um, or you could just use pictures from your iPhone or Android device. Exactly. But these are very large images. Don't you worry about, I mean, how you how are you able to, do you color correct and make sure that it's not so pixelated that it looks bad in a 16 by 20 or even larger on somebody's wall? Right. That's a great question. So that's part of the secret sauce. We have some of that baked into the software. You'll get a notification if the image is going to be too blurry. Um, and yeah, we actually do color correct and we don't charge for that we probably should <laughs> but we don't <laughs> so now where did the idea for this business come from uh, i got the inspiration watching hgtv they were in a family's basement covering the wall with these big beautiful collages and for me it was the proverbial aha moment i mean like clouds parting angels singing I literally stayed up the entire night trying to figure out how in the heck they did that. They were like, oh, you could do this too. Well, the truth was they were working with some super high-end 3D commercial printing shop in Manhattan, right? And I had these beautiful pictures from our wedding in the Dominican Republic, and I wanted one, right? So there was no way to do it. And um, yeah, I, I guess I believe my mama when she told me I could do and be whatever I wanted in life because I'm the guy that <laughs> charged head, head first head first down the path of building this website with this complicated software, and I don't know how to write a line of code. Like, imagine that. So what did you do? Uh, what I did is I cleaned out my savings. Um, the last 35K you had. That's right. Uh, to build a pretty complicated website, and I hustled my tail off, um, just like the, the title of the book, The Morning Hustle. And I was fortunate enough to get into a tech startup accelerator. I was at the time living in Wisconsin. Uh, I got in a little bit living in Northeast Wisconsin. This was Wisconsin. like what four or five years ago. Uh, yeah, I got into the accelerator in 2013. That's right. So this was you know the end of 2012 when I applied to get into this accelerator. And for the people who don't know what accelerator is, it's like a three month boot camp where you go in, they help you validate your business model, surround you with mentors. Uh, present you to potential investors, and at the end of the day, at the end of three months, you have a pitch day, and you pitch to a room of full of people in the whatever the startup ecosystem in where you live, where you live, and um, hopefully you get some investors that want to fill out your investment round. I was looking to raise two hundred fifty thousand dollars at the time, and I never forget. Right before I went on stage, I got a phone call from a 
an investor that I had met with a few weeks prior, and he said that he wanted to fill out the entire round, $250,000, and I never forget, like, I I dropped down on my knees. So you had an idea, (laughs) and you worked it out, and you pitched it, and somebody walked up and said, we'd like to give you 100% of the money that you need to make this a reality. And when they did, you about I, lost your mind. I dropped down on my knees, and I think I cried. And I just said, "Thank you, God," because <laughs> you were struggling at the time. Yes, <laughs> and I don't just mean professionally. Apparently, that's right. You and your wife were starting a family, and that did not come without complications. No, that's right. So, just a few days before I was supposed to start the accelerator, so the kids were due March twenty fifth, uh, and accelerator started I think January fourth or fifth or whatever it was. And so on a couple of weeks before that, uh, we went in for an ultrasound. And prior to that, all the ultrasounds had been okay, right, And thankfully. And they noticed that there was some issue with my son's placenta and the blood flow had the potential to go backwards. And if that happened, we'd have to remove my son and both kids, obviously, my son and daughter, because he wouldn't make it. Mm-hmm. So they put my wife on bed rest. And they said normally it's a couple of weeks before we have to take the kids out. And um, a few days later, they were like, well... Got to take them out. <laughs> and this was like two days before I was supposed to start the accelerator, which was just a few hours drive away, two hours and down in Madison. And Yeah, uh, but your wife is about to give birth to twins right. prematurely. Correct. That's right. So naturally, I'm like, okay, well, uh, I'm not going. Right? I'm not going. And um, so my wife, after we, after we had the kids, and um, you know, my son weighed one pound, 14 ounces. My daughter was two pounds, three ounces. You know, it was um, pretty traumatic, to say the least. And um, <clears throat> so naturally, I'm not leaving, right? I'm, there's no way. And my wife, um, sorry, <laughs> my wife was just I'm like. sure it takes you back. Yeah, it's, um, those were some difficult times. My wife, she looked me square in the face, and she told me to get my butt down to Madison and come back home on the weekends and rock out this accelerator because the family needs the business to be successful um yeah so after i picked my job off the floor i said okay and um i was back home on the weekends and we spent the entire time in the nicu uh we talked every day obviously uh i cried a lot i think you could have walked up to me and said hey james how's the weather (laughs) i would have started crying and um i mean i was up every morning probably 2 3 a.m just from the pressure of that situation as well as the stress of trying to build what's called a minimum viable product, and um, which is basically a working website, a working yeah. product for demo day during Accelerator. So I was under a tremendous amount of, of stress and pressure, but you know, people say, well, how did you get through that? And it's just, you know, through family support um, and just grit and determination. And I got through it, raised the capital. Kids, my daughter came home six weeks later. Uh, my son came home after 10 weeks, um, still tethered to oxygen. And thank God, you know, they're doing great now. They're driving us crazy and we love them. And so they're doing great. <laughs> and how old are the kids now? <laughs> they're four years old now. So I guess would you say that is was the, the lowest point of your journey? Um, yes, that was the lowest point. But, um, you know, 80% of new businesses fail. And um, so our business, so we raised the initial round of capital. We really needed a lot more. Uh, we ran out of capital. Um and I remember, I remember my investor told me he didn't want to throw good money after bad when we were out of capital because, you know, all the pride of that, I was thinking we were going to get some more cash to keep going. 
And um, so he told me that. So now I'm like, okay, now I got to try to figure out how am I going to keep this thing going and keep pushing forward. And, and then, you know, a year later, he came back to me and he gave me another $100,000 because he said he liked my leadership. Man, we built a brilliant product that people really love and been fortunate to have some remarkable PR. I mean, on my own, I was able to get the business on the Today Show three times, uh, the DIY Network, Martha Stewart's blog, called it a decor item all homeowners should know. Money Magazine did a wonderful two-page article on me last year and came out to the house and shot this really remarkable video that did a really credible job of telling the startup journey story. And uh, I was on CNBC's version of Shark Tank. So um, that's all on my own. So the product is really brilliant. Outstanding. So tell me this. What was your occupation before you decided to to give all of that up and feed this drive that you have to be a successful technology entrepreneur? Well, I was really kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, like you said, I went to Morehouse, um, graduated, Phi Beta Kappa. My mo- my mother loves when I say that. I don't. You got to keep your mama happy, right? Because <laughs> you know nobody cares. My mom loves that. So, mama, I graduated Phi Beta Kappa with an accounting degree from Morehouse. Um, although it's funny, like I, I was top of my class at the time, and I, I knew I didn't want to be an accountant. I just knew, you know, I really, even from back then, I was entrepreneurial. We had a production company back then, and some of the things we did, people still talk about. It was a long time ago. Um, so I went into accounting. Um, I worked in financial services, sales, uh, ultimately made my way back to get an MBA from UNC Chapel Hill, go Tar Heels. Um, and then after that, I kind of got the entrepreneurial itch again. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was like, all right, you know, I'll, all my buddies, you know, who happened to be African American were playing golf and I love golf. This is when Tiger Woods had burst on the scene and he inspired so many people to play golf. And I just noticed that, you know, we were reading consuming all the golf media and nobody was really making an effort making an effort to speak to us or to our lifestyle specifically. And I was like, Well, here I go again, right? <laughs> you know, I, I was gonna launch a digital lifestyle magazine for black golf enthusiasts. And, um, you know, put some of my own money in it. I had a partner from business school, and and we did a prototype issue of the magazine. This is back when Jason Kidd was the point guard for the New Jersey Nets, and he was the man. And so we, we sent our, a golf beat writer from the New York Times out, uh, and, and actually from the New York Post, out to the Meadowlands to write an article about um, uh, Jason, and, and Byron Scott was the coach. And the funny thing, so we sent 10 issues of the prototype for Jason to sign. And this is a guy at the time, like Jason was on the cover of everything. So he was today's LeBron James. Right, exactly. And he kept, he signed seven, and he kept three of the magazines for himself, which I thought was awesome, <laughs> right? But that was, so that was a pre-iPad era. And as you know, so much in life, timing really matters, right? Exactly. Right, so I wrote this business plan back then, and I was like, you know, I was just looking at the, the cost of magazines, and the two biggest drivers were the printing and the shipping. And I was looking around and noticed that a lot of the big magazines were moving to digital delivery with this platform, I think it was called Zinio back then, this PDF digital delivery platform, which allowed for more rich media and advertising and such. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do it this way. Right. And I, you know, we presented the thing to some people who had a traditional media background. They thought I was crazy. And um, I guess I wasn't because, you know, print, 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 print media is struggling right now. Yeah, sure is. So... 
So we fast forward to uh, going back into uh, to you know following your wife, I guess I'd say, and she had a her was her position that got you guys to Wisconsin, right? And you had this idea the 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 clouds parted. You had the huge aha moment for mm-hmm. this. I want one of these images, and there isn't a way for me to get one other than creating it myself. So you did that, got through the struggle of of getting the twins home, and then you decided to be a stay at home parent. <laughs> No, I didn't decide. It was decided for me. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> and that story? <laughs> well, <clears throat> excuse me. So, like I said, we ran out of cash. So, when the business ran out of cash, I'm like, okay, well, we got to try to find ways to cut expenses. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, all right, well, the kids are young. I'll just um, go home and, and, and take care of the kids, all the while still hustling and grinding on the business and, <laughs> you know, t- <laughs> taking <laughs> customer emails and phone calls, you know, and invariably, you know, the kids would start arguing just as soon as the phone rings, right? So it's just, <laughs> that's just what it was. <laughs> but you, you were able to to thrive. Yeah, no, we got through it. I, I mentioned I raised another $100,000 in capital. So, you know, it's, um you know, I don't watch Oprah a lot, but sometimes it'll be on and I'll be watching it. And I just remember there was one time she was on talking with someone and they Auntie Oprah, as I like to call her, um, they were talking about when you make the choice, a decision to live authentically. And for me, that was to be what I already always was, which is an entrepreneur. I mean, there's a chapter in the book when I I say, you know, be what you are and ask the question, what are you? And, you know, whatever it is you are, I should go do that. Um, So when you make that choice, um, invariably, life is going to get more challenging than normal and um, that is certainly has been true in my case. But in addition to you know, being a, making the choice to be an entrepreneur, I'm clearer now than ever that my purpose in life is to inspire not just entrepreneurs, but specifically people who are parentpreneurs because I have a lot of friends who are parents and entrepreneurs and either they're full-time entrepreneurs or they have a side hustle that they wish was their full-time gig or they just have a side gig, right? Right. And the people grinding on a new business or you know all these people they don't have a lot of people they can talk to most of their friends can't relate to where they're coming from and i'm just here to say listen if you're a parent and an entrepreneur like i see you i feel you because i i know it all so well and i got you and you're not crazy although you have to be a little crazy (laughs) to start a business start a business while having kids (laughs) that's another level crazy um but like you can do it like, don't quit, you know, just connect with me. I'm happy to be a resource for you. Connect with like-minded individuals, you know, keep your spirits up, and, you know, you, you got this. You can do it. So you never considered, with, with all of your education, returning to corporate America once you'd, you'd put both feet in the water? Correct. Why not? Uh, I think I'm probably the world's worst employee. Why do you say that? Because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not. I'm not an employee. You got to work for yourself. Yeah, I just yeah. So this journey, you're four to five years into it, really. Yeah. What's been the best thing about it? You know, it's. I think it's a blessing to be able to get up every single day and do what you want. Um, I also love it when customers send me emails and pictures on social media with how much they appreciate what they got from us and what it means to them or how it impacted someone they gave it to. Like, I love that. Um, creating something from nothing is pretty awesome. Um, and 
as I mentioned in the book when I wrote that dedication, it's so important for my kids to know that they can do whatever they want in life and be successful and not just make safe choices. Uh, you know, don't just go be an attorney because they think they can make a lot of money. Uh, you know, attorney, you know, law is a noble profession, but don't just do that because you think you can make money. Like, what is it that you feel like you were put on this earth to do? And God darn it, like, I'm going to do my best, you know, God willing, if I'm still here, to help you do that. So then what guidance do you have for the parents and the entrepreneurs, the parentpreneurs who are out there who want to turn their side hustle, as it as it may be, into mm-hmm. their full-time gig, but maybe aren't as prepared? I mean, you were writing a business plan while things weren't going well. You, you knew what you were going to do, right. and you knew where you wanted to go. Yeah. There are many of us out there who have these ideas for the side hustle right. or have a little bit of the side hustle, right. but really haven't gotten it all into straight rows to make it work. Yeah, no, that's a really great question. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think there's one-size-fit-all answer. Um, I, I think um, if you haven't started but you have an idea, just like start. You know, what's that old adage? The journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Start. You know, before I started We Montage, I decided I was going to be an entrepreneur, but I started a business plan consulting business. Now, I knew that I wasn't going to be doing that long term. That wasn't something that was scalable. I could sell for millions of dollars, and it wasn't where really my passion was, but I just started. You know, take a first step, like have faith, uh, but best you can, like make a plan, right? But just start. Uh, try to build something. Don't not do it because you, need, you think it needs to be perfect, as we were talking about before we came on air. Don't get paralysis. So many people get paralysis. By analysis, just don't let good be the enemy of a perfect be the enemy of the good, or however that expression goes. Okay. Just start. Just just do something. You know, if you have an idea, like build it out as minimally as you can. Like get some feedback from your potential users, and then change it based on that. You know, make those changes and show it to them again. Like get some more feedback. You know, get some paid customers. You know, sales is a wonderful cure all. I like to say. So get some paid customers if you can, and then. Try to learn from them why they're buying and figure out how you can do that 10,000 more times. So you did the CNBC version of Shark Tank. Yes. Uh, almost had a chance to be on the Shark, Tank. The, the, the Shark Tank on ABC. What happened? Yeah, so I made it to the next to last round two times, but I didn't uh, I didn't get on. I know. Oh. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> so big. you've got your business. Um, most entrepreneurs are serial entrepreneurs. So you've got this idea, great successful business. You sell it for... Buku's of millions of dollars and then move on to the next thing. Is that your plan? Absolutely. <laughs> so you've got an exit strategy? Well, yeah, that's the plan. You know, I'm, I'm uh, a little ways off from, from getting to that point right now. You know, so a startup, even though I started the business four years ago, and I'm just being incredibly transparent with you here. Um, I started four years ago and, you know, we've only got, I say only, we've got $300,000 in sales. So that may sound like a lot, but it's really not. But you know, it's not, but it's not nothing, right? So, so I validated the the concept and the project, but I'm actually in the process of, you to use a completely overused term in startup circles, I'm you know making a pivot to focus my energy on more business customers because I realized that you know while you know moms and grandmoms, for example, buy the product a lot, businesses will find us on Google and um, they'll spend five to 10 to 15 to 20 times more than what a regular person would spend and to come back and do it again six to 12 months later. Um, it's not uncommon. And, and the businesses are using it slightly differently from um, people in that they're using it to um, boost employee morale oh. with pictures of employees. 
to display their products or branding, um, to use it at trade shows, things of that nature. So um, if we could circle back, the one thing we didn't talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, which I think is really important, especially if you're going to start a business, um, like is, this is another overused term, but it's so important. It's, you know, what is your why? It's the question. Yes. Right? Like why should consumers care about what it is you're doing? And I was trying to wrestle with that because initially I was focusing way too much on the product, you know, the wallpaper, the technology, how cool it is. Like, yeah, whatever. Nobody cares, right? Question is, why do people display pictures? So I went back and asked that fundamental question. And I got an answer that said people display pictures because it makes them feel love. These pictures are their loved ones, right? Um, makes them happy. Or the images inspire them in some way. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Well, then I went back and said, well, why do you... Why do you love your Wii Montage, you know, Mr. or Miss Repeat Wii Montage customer? And they said, well, because of this really large, unique format and the quality of it, we actually get more love, more happiness, and more inspiration from our pictures in a Wii Montage than we do from traditional picture frames and popular canvas prints. That's what I learned. Outstanding. Awesome. And so and you and you at Wii Montage, in addition to doing the large photo collages will print on other material as well, right? Yeah, we're actually, <coughs> excuse me, phasing that out. Uh, we were working with a partner, and they just got acquired, so we're going to be getting rid of that and just focusing on on the uh, removable photo wallpaper for now. Outstanding. So uh, how do people find you online if they are interested in checking out We Montage, whether they are a business looking to boost morale in the corporate workspace or be a mom, a grandma, somebody who wants to uh, feel love in the home? Oh, awesome. Great, great question. Uh, WeMontage.com, you can find us there. In terms of the book, you could go to TheMoreYouHustle.com uh, to learn more about the backstory for the book and see some cool videos and pictures of my adorable kids. <laughs> uh, or you could just go to Amazon.com and get it there as well as the Kindle version. Um, I'm on Twitter at James Oliver Jr., James Oliver Jr., uh, on Twitter at WeMontage, on Instagram at WeMontage. There you go. In the book, you write, sometimes when you lose... You win. What do you mean by that? Um, you know, so th things happen, right? Things don't always go the way we want. And it's easy to kind of get down on yourself. But what I found, and um, a perfect example is from my investor that I told you about. So when I went to a presentation, I pitched his cousin. And um, I got the impression, because he, he told me point blank, he's like, I'm not interested in this. And I was like, darn it, you know? Man, because... I needed to get some raise the money, you know, so I was a little down about it. But apparently he liked me enough and the idea enough, even though it wasn't for him, he talked to his cousin who had another angel group, and that's how I got connected to the cousin, right? So sometimes you think you're going to lose, but sometimes situations turn out in your favor. So, like, don't fret, don't sweat it. I think the key is to have enough product, productive activity going on. And eventually, you know, you got enough balls in the air, some of those balls are going to come down and land in your lap where you want them to be. So, like, don't sweat it. And people enjoy doing business with people with whom they like. Amen. So, he, he, while, whereas, as you said, the product wasn't for him. He liked you. That's right. And he connected you with somebody who could help. That's right. Uh, when you talk to young people, because I'm sure you probably do, uh, especially young wannabe entrepreneurs who mm -hmm. have ideas, what is the one tip you like to share? Um, I think if you want to be an entrepreneur, that's great. But just make sure you're committed to it. You know, don't try to be an entrepreneur because you think it's sexy. You know, you think you're going to make a million dollars because the reality is things are going to get hard. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Like, I promise you things will get hard. So just make sure you're committed 
to it exactly. Whatever it is you're doing, just make sure you're committed to that and see it through as best you can. That would be my advice. All right. Well, the book is The More You Hustle, The Luckier You Get. You can be a successful parentpreneur. The author is James Oliver Jr. You've got a great forward by one of your favorite Emmy winners. And the website, one more time, for folks who want to check out the product that you guys do, it's WeMontage. WeMontage.com. All right. James, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.